and welcome to Mooskult. Uh, my name is Neve McRae and together with Rosie Mead, we're the presenters of a new podcast which seeks to bring uh, re- critical research and Irish society to new audiences. Um, today in our introductory podcast, we're joined by our producer, Tony Groves, who's going to interview myself and Rosie just to give you a flavour of what the podcast is about. Listen, ladies, first of all, thank you so much for uh, joining the little uh, enterprise that we are in the Tortoise Shack. I'm delighted to see this work. I, you know, And I wanted to pay you a compliment at the outset. Oh, listeners, you won't understand how organised these two are, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, ask, I ask Rory, can we have such and such at 12 o'clock at 12.15? And he shows up at 12.17, okay? <laughs> Rosie and Neve are chasing me. <laughs> so it's been a pleasure and I'm delighted that, that you've, you've, you've come on board and I'm looking forward to people hearing what is um, an interesting project. But enough about that. Look, Rose, tell us, Rosie, tell me, what do you think for you is the purpose of the podcast? Hiya, Tony. It's really fabulous to be here and you have been such an amazing support to us. So this would not be happening at all without you. Um, I suppose we want this po- podcast series to create a platform for writers, research, academics, and, and basically anybody who's producing kind of interesting, challenging scholarly work about Ireland. And we want to give them a space to discuss that in more detail. And so I suppose one of the features of Mooskult, maybe compared to some other podcasts, is that we are adopting a kind of a long form interview approach. So we really want to give writers a space to discuss and talk to their ideas and the themes and arguments that are informing their books and articles. So for us, it's really about there's interesting people out there doing really exciting research, writing exciting books, but they don't often have space to talk about any of those ideas and themes in any great detail. And Mooskilt is, I suppose, one intervention maybe that creates that kind of space for them. Um, and in terms of the content, I mean, it's we're trying to be as diverse and as open as we can. And so, like, we're interested in questions about politics, the economy, society, culture, environment. And our hope is that the interviews will be enjoyed by maybe specialists in those fields, but as importantly, non-specialist audiences as well. So people who don't necessarily have a background in these topics, that they can enjoy them as well. Um, and so, I mean, our sense is maybe that, you know, students in third level institutions will enjoy them, um, people involved in education. But I, I really do hope that we can get a much broader audience than that so that anybody who's interested in, you know, critical ideas about Irish society, who maybe wants Irish society to change in positive directions, who's looking for inspiration and knowledge and new frameworks for thinking, that they'll be interested in joining in the podcast as well. I often think of the analogy of, you know, it's a silly one, but it's uh, two tennis rackets in a ball sitting at a net and you walk up and you have no idea how to play tennis, mm-hmm. right? And someone needs to explain to you the rules. Some of this podcast strikes me about that, just giving you the ground of those conversations because it's a lot of this academic work, unfortunately, will sit in academia. It's yeah. about that accessibility. Is that a fair um, view? As someone who's li- I've listened back to some of the interviews, you know, spoiler alert um, for listeners. We've we've some of these in the can now already. So we we kind of, but it is that accessibility piece, yes. Absolutely. I mean, I think that one of the crucial things for us is that there's often this really artificial divide between kind of academic research and so-called real life, and we really want to push against that kind of artificial division. We also think that there's many people who are producing scholarly work that really is relevant and related to people's experiences in the real world. Um, And so, and one of the difficulties is that sometimes academic 
books don't get the same kind of publicity and traction outside of academia. So people aren't likely to hear about them. They're often very, very expensive. And a lot of the kind of pressure in academia is for people to produce work um, for kind of peer-reviewed journals, most of which sits behind paywalls. So there's a, there's a couple of factors there. That said, we're not only interested in people who are employed by academic institutions. You know, we would also, for example, be interested um, and are engaging with people who are scholars, you know, outside academia, people who are activists and producing work, you know, I mean, written work that they want to share. So it's a really, really broad. It's I mean, we do think a certain amount of our audience is going to come from the kind of academic world, but I certainly don't want it to be seen as exclusive to that or are indeed only valuing academic brings, ideas. That kind of brings me to the origin story, Neve. Okay. Because <laughs> no, like, tell listeners why you chose the name, what it means to, to, to in the broader sense, and what it means in terms of this, this little project. Yeah. Um, well, we kind of had a fairly, I think Rosie's done a really nice job there of explaining kind of the concept. So we had a very clear idea of the concept. Um, so we just were trying to kind of come up with a name that kind of encapsulated it. Um, so we came up with the name Moosegult, well, our co- friend and colleague at NUIG, Clodagh Downey, who's a scholar of old Irish, she came up with the, she, in conversations with her, she came up with this, uh, the word Moosegult, which means to awaken, to evoke, to arouse. Um, and we just loved it immediately. Um, she had a few other suggestions, but this was the one that kind of grabbed us. Um, it's really lyrical. It's a beautifully sounding word. It has a quiet power to it. But in relation to what kind of Rosie was just mentioning there, for us, um, that's the power that lies within good research, you know, to rouse critical awareness, critical questioning, in our, in our case, in relation to this co- podcast, around how Ireland is and how it could be better. So that's kind of um, some of the, that's the meaning of the, of the title. There's there's another Irish word, Michal, um, that comes to, to mind as well. You know, the idea of that people, before there was money to pay, lads, we people, communities mm-hmm. came together and mm. they, they shared their if you were good at one thing, you were good at another thing. Almost a barter system, but the Mihal mm-hmm. uh, says There's a little bit of this in this as well. That maybe, maybe we're just invoking. Maybe, the, maybe the idea is invoking. Do you do you yeah. feel that that's kind of one of the ideas where you're where you're saying intersectionality of politics, social policy, uh, academia, all of those things? Is am, am I am I off the reservation when I make that observation? No, no. Sorry, Rosie. Did you want to? No, go on ahead, Luke. Yeah, yeah, no, not at all. I think so. I think it is. And I think like what unites our different contributors, I mean, we'll chat through who who we have in season one, but I think what unites them, like they are diverse, as Rosie said, is that they're each bringing kind of a different way of looking at, at, at some of those themes, but they're all interlinked, I think, by wanting a better Ireland, wanting a be- you know, wanting an Ireland in which people flourish, wanting one in which we respect nature. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, I think there is that kind of idea of metal there. Yeah, it is a lovely idea. Yeah. And 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 Rosie, that's kind of what like brings you on to the, to the idea of like what why did you go turn around and say actually you know what I want to do? I want to try and do one of these podcasts or like everybody's doing them and I'm going to send that madman Tony Groves an email and see if he's interested. <laughs> why did you, why did you go down that road? Well, <clears throat> well, yeah, I mean, there's real, there's a real flourishing of podcasts. Obviously, it's become a kind of a really diverse area. And I, I think we think that's really fantastic because I think there has been in Ireland a bit of, you know, a monopoly on the kind of media in terms of the print media, but also in terms of the broadcast media. Um, and like, obviously, that's been broken by commercialization to a certain extent, but we're still dissatisfied by the extent to which 
the RTEs and the kind of big stations really invite kind of really diverse vo- vo- voices in. Um, and so so we're kind of talking about the re- narrow range of contributors to kind of talk radio programs or the narrow range of invited experts. Um, mm. But also we think that there's this kind of very cursory treatment of what we see as being critical issues. So, you know, important kind of like ideas and issues are kind of shoehorned into a format of like five no, or Ro- ten minutes. Ro- Rosie, I'll have to interrupt you there. We've got to go news, traffic and travel and um, a word from our sponsor. <laughs> Exactly that sort of thing, you know, <laughs> and not, not to mind the advertising that's going to come in in a minute. Um, so like it's really, really kind of cursory. There's very little scope for us to kind of talk about issues in detail. And we just thought that and it is this principle of DIY culture that kind of goes yeah. back, you know, yeah. like, in, you know, in the punk scene and various other scenes where people have just said, come on, we've got to do stuff for ourselves. We've got to make it happen ourselves because yeah. this is this is this is the kind of ethic that kind of informs it, I think. Um, but also podcasts, it's, they're so portable. They're so, you know, like the sound of human voice, the kind of way that that can capture kind of people's attention that it can be on a bus or a train. And we can imagine our people listening to these interviews, like wherever they are walking about, whatever context that they're in and, and, and being able to be attentive to them but also not overly demanding in terms of, of, of how you engage with the material. So it's kind of like the kind of culture of podcasting is exciting, but also the format is really important. The format is lovely, you know? yeah, yeah. It, There's just, just something really liberating about it. Like, it was really like, like, we, like as we wrote, like, we didn't have a clue how, we knew what the concept was. Mm. We hadn't a clue how to do it. Do you know what I mean? Until you came on the scene and we were, <laughs> it was just absolutely brilliant. You kind of showed us how to do it. But there's just something really liberating about going, and I think, and Rosie, you know, back in the day would have created her own, you know, been involved in that kind of some of that DIY magazines and, and stuff like that. So there's just something really liberating going, yeah, we're just going to do it. And fingers crossed someone will listen to it, but we're just going to try it, do you know? And, we, and as the, the market isn't going to stop us and the, you know, the, the peer review system isn't going to stop us and the, do you know what I mean? The, the boss isn't going to stop us. And so we're just going to do it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and it's that, that, that democratisation of it. As a medium yeah, that that exactly. appeals as well, and it's exactly, like it's yeah. when like a, I like to do projects where people are excited and they know what they're going to do. That's all I, I you know mm. all I'm doing is saying here's here's some structure. That's yeah. it, really. It's your vision. It's your it's your it's your as I say, hate to be cheesy. It's your intellectual property, um, but but and it's very but, expensive intellectual property. <laughs> <I tell you. laughs> but but that's but that is one of the funny things though. Is it's about the. This is what one of the, the things about this podcast is. It's about removing that. There's a cost element to accessing some of this information that you're going to discuss with people and yeah. it will now be freely available. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and there is, there's a paywall, as Rosie said. Now, there is a drive towards open access um, of academic work and science and open science and that kind of thing, which is which is good in this complex process, but it is, that is good, obviously. But yeah, there's paywalls. And even if you do have access, you just don't have time to read everything that you're interested in. Do you know what I mean? So uh, like a podcast is just a really nice way just to kind of get access to ideas, even if you didn't have the time, even if you did have access to the, the book or whatever, you know. But yeah, absolutely. It is that democratization that we're, that we're driven by as well. Oh, no. There's, there's, go ahead, Rosie. Sorry. Yeah. One of, one of the other issues, which is sort of important to me, I think, is that like, I think that within the kind of academic world and within the research world, there's a lot of pressure on on people to produce and to kind of mm-hmm. endlessly produce and to deliver outputs and to sort of and it's often it's very much a kind of a quantification pressure that's on people to do it. And I think sometimes that and there are like big conferences very often where people get to present papers. 
but sometimes they're like really this kind of alienating spaces where like nobody listens and you know everybody's just going to present and you know so that's kind of an extreme some of them can be really fantastic and very supportive and very encouraging and but I often think that people don't have time to really talk about and share their ideas in a kind of a relaxed forum and to really have space to kind of I suppose enjoy and take pride in their work and credit for their work for what they've Mm. done Um, because there's so much pressure to just move on to the next thing so I also think that in a way this is can maybe like an affirmation of the kind of quality of what people are doing, that it does matter and that it's worth talking about and kind of slowing down the kind of movement yeah, yeah, and that is going on in relation to these, this kind of pressure, this, pressure, pressure to produce. One of the things that always frustrates me is, as you, as you both alluded to, is there's so many qualified, well um, able to speak, erudite people who don't get an opportunity to have those conversations and about the work that they've done that they're proud of. And I, I go all the way back to... I think it's about episode 12 we did of Echo Chamber and someone said to me, you need to speak to this person about this particular topic. And so reached out, got in touch, came in, said, oh, didn't, hadn't been invited or anything like this previously, came in, had the conversation. A week later, it went out and another sitting TD rang me and said, that person's not running in politics because they, they live in my area. I'd be out of a seat if they... <laughs> And I said, no, that person is an academic. Uh, just happens to be better at it than you. <laughs> but that's who, that's who you're trying to no talk to. No names were mentioned, no egos no. destroyed in the making oh, of this no. podcast. No, no. <laughs> but, but you get my point, ladies. There's, 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 there's so much untapped um, conversations and potential there. And I think yeah. that's what's... Ex- so with that in mind, give listeners a flavour of what's coming up in the first series. Okay, uh, so we have six six uh, guests in the first series. I interviewed three and Rosie interviewed three, so I'll just run through who my three were. Uh, um, so first of all, I interviewed um, Orlo Donovan and she is uh, based on UCC and she is part of this research collective uh, working on a project called Living Well with the Dead in Contemporary Ireland. So it's just so fascinating. It like It's stuff you might never think of before. It just offers a really new, interesting way of thinking about what it means to live well with the dead, um, especially what her, what Orla and her colleagues call the disenfranchised dead. So that's definitely one to, to listen to. And uh, then I had a conversation with Liz Kiley, Elizabeth Kiley, who's um, co-authored a book with her colleague, Katharina Swirik, called The Criminalization of Social Policy in Neoliberal Societies. And basically what that was about is the kind of the growing stigmatization and exclusion and penalization of certain social groups under the guise of social policy and that kind of intersection between social policy and crime control. And then finally, I'm going to be speaking to Marie Moran, who's um, director of the Equality Study Centre in in Dublin, in UCD, sorry. And she has just written such interesting work, um, very original conceptualization of the concept of identity and identity politics, which is a really controversial or can be a controversial uh, concept on in left academia, but also on left, in left activism and left and left Twitter for sure. So yeah, really looking forward to that. I feel like that's an attack on me, Rosie. <laughs> no. as, the, as, as the leader of lefty Irish Twitter. I, I, I You're at the vanguard of Twitter in Ireland, are you? There was, was it? Yeah, it was Village Magazine um, covered one of the things I'd done publicly. And they said, people will know of Tony Groves as, as uh such and such on 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 social media 
he's usually topless and calling himself the, the leader of of of, uh, of lefty Irish Twitter. <laughs> and then and he goes, re- and then he goes, readers, he is not. <laughs> Just in case you were getting ideas above your yeah. station there, Tony. He, he is not. Rosie, give us a give us a flavor. Well, I'm definitely not on. the leader of left Twitter because I'm not even on Twitter. So I'm definitely <laughs> like very behind the scenes in relation to that. Yeah, I've also, like as Neil said, I've interviewed three people. Um, one is Podrick Fogarty of the Irish Wildlife Trust. And Podrick is a long-term campaigner around um, issues around biodiversity and nature in the Irish context. We had a really amazing interview where we talked about a whole range of issues um, in relation to the national parks, in relation to the seas, um, issues around um, the bogs and kind of how we can maybe can think about rewilding in useful ways. So anybody, I think, who's interested in the kind of the kind of politics, environmental activism in Ireland, but also interested in kind of like practical steps towards moving towards more rivalry diversity might be interested in that. Um, another interviewee was um, Michael Cronin, who's based in the Department of English um, in, in the University of Maynooth. And po- uh, Michael's book is called Sexual Liberation. And it's been published as part of the Shirucht series of books um, by Cork University Press. And this is where I declare my, um, my conflict of interest because I'm one of the editors of that series. And uh, Michael's book is a really, really fascinating discussion of what sexual liberation means and how that's different from the kind of the commonly used term of sexual equality. Um, and he talks really about the kind of the kind of need for kind of a more intersectional and a more kind of radical imagining of what liberation in all its forms can can take. And he draws a lot from literature, from theatre in order to kind of explore and, exp- uh, and discuss those points. And then my third interview was with um, Eilish Ward of NUIG, um, or the University of Galway, as it's now called. She, she used to work in the, um, the Department of Political Science and Sociology there. And her book is called Self. And in that book, which has received quite a lot of traction and has received very kind of like a very warm reception already, she's exploring the idea of the neoliberal self. So it's what neoliberalism, not at the level of policy does, but does to us as people in the world, how it reshapes how we see ourselves as part of society. And she's a practicing Buddhist and she's also a psychoanalyst. So she she kind of brings in those two frameworks for kind of thinking about, you know, how we might think about the self in different kind of ways. And I'm not a Buddhist. I had very little grounding in kind of any Buddhist ideas. But it's really, really interesting discussion of what they mean and, and how we often misinterpret them. But she's also really good in relation to the kind of the kind of therapy culture um, and how that can sometimes kind of like trade us to accept rather than to kind of criticize the, the way that neoliberalism works upon the self. I think um, I, a few weeks ago we had um, Nicholas Dale Leal on. He he moved back to, um, he's actually in Mexico now, moving back to Colombia. And we saw, I don't know if you saw Gustavo Petro, the new Colombian president's speech in the UN, where he said um, about neoliberalism, he said, you 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 uh, fill your lives with consumerism and not enough heart and, and love. And I think that was, you know, it's it's a really, it's a powerful speech in the UN. It really was. Mm-hmm. Um and he, what, what was the the sponge that that mops up the the the, the toxin is poisonous? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think yeah. you know. Yeah. So so that's sort of those type of conversations. And I do think actually you're going to have these all of this across what you've talked about. It's. I think you're pushing on a more open door now. I think yeah. there is a value shift in society in Ireland, and and I, did, did, mm. you know, mm. so I suppose if we were to ask you one other thing, sort of it broadly, and maybe even Rosie might answer both. What kind of hope is that that you think that if you could get like 
one little moment where you go, actually, I enjoyed that. It doesn't matter if there's 100 people listening or 100,000 people listening. Are you getting, are you enjoying that, those moments, those conversations? Oh my God, absolutely. Yeah, I honestly, like, I'm, I'm not, I can't even pick out one because... Like I was, <laughs> I was listening to the one, for example, that Rosie did with Pork, which I think is going to be the first one in the series. And I was just texting her and I was like, oh my God, was, I was blown that was the one, away. Th- that was the one that she said is only going to be about a short one and then was not very short. <laughs> I think you'll find that's a bit of a theme, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And I was texting her and going, oh my God, I'm going to give up eating fish because it was just like <laughs> this really depressing kind of, um, you know, uh, discussion of the fish, fish, fishing industry in the state of our seas. So like I was really blown away by that one. But like all of them, like honestly, they're just, they're just, they're, I mean, I'm obviously I'm biased, but yeah. like I just really enjoyed talking to them and you do kind of forget you're on a podcast, if you know what I mean. Mm. You know, even if you've got a microphone in front of you because there's just, they're just such inter- interesting uh, conversationless, you know, and, and, and imagine, and I can tell you, haven't listened, Rosie. You're not, you're not um, shy either at, at, uh, at moving them along, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. But I think one of the things that you're kind of like, just go back to your question there, Tony. That that is funny because neither Neve and I are in any way professionals at this game. Like we, like mm. we didn't have a clue when we were starting. Mm. We just really mm. didn't, and we knew we wanted to do it, and we didn't know how, and we were kind of like looking up stuff on the internet trying to figure yeah. out and like I, I even tried to set up like a kind of a website of... at one point and that was just like absolutely ridiculous because yeah. I just yeah. we were just flailing around but we and then you came along and you kind of really like made it seem so straightforward to us so that's been huge huge yeah, no, we really appreciate it. for us yeah. you need to um, stop saying but that in ter- now. but in terms of the of the kind of like I just I mean it's I mean, it's nerve wracking doing this because we, we're not we're not experienced. And so we're like, you know, it is really nerve wracking. But one of the things I think that in terms of like the sweet spot for me has been that when I'm in the interview, all of that stuff just fades away. And yeah, I'm just completely yeah, yeah, yeah. excited yeah, yeah. about what the people are saying. And and maybe that's why the interviews are long, because we kind of we want them. To, you know, we, we're conscious yeah. of time and we know that people don't have endless amount of time, but we also kind of don't want them to stop. Do you know? You know? So hopefully that people listening will really like enjoy that and will be able to immerse themselves. And yeah, they are long. They're like sometimes an hour and a half, but t- hit the pause button, come back to it later, make a strong cup of tea, do whatever. And I think you can really, really, be- you know, you can really, really enjoy it as a, as a, as a kind of a really strong engagement with a set of ideas. I think the absorption of, of the, those conversations when you're immersed in them is always one of the most, one of the best things about the medium and about actually yeah. sharing the ideas and actually getting the ideas. That word, keep coming back to the word of accessibility. I mm. think that's going to be what's really from a listener's benefit point of view because you always, that's that awful thing is, you know, the, the I go back to corporate speak, what's in it for me? Yeah. I mean, when you leave this much more informed and much more able to understand that then maybe if you were if you looked at it as an academic piece and you didn't want to pick it up and you you weren't you weren't gonna you know yeah. it was intimidating. Yeah. These conversations are not intimidating. Yeah, they're, they're, they're gonna they're, they may be they may be even a gateway into going to the into extra thing. But you're right, they'll also be a resource for students. I yeah. think so. Yeah. Um, and and you know uh, we'll 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 see when you when uh, we get the pingbacks from universities on the website to say it's been it's been. It's been <laughs> You can track that, you know, can you? Yes, absolutely. We'll, we'll be looking at those things as well with interest. Fabulous. I do want to thank you both for, um, first of all, trusting us with the project. I think it was, uh, as I said, when you when you reached out, I, I don't jump jump in uh, to everything. I help people. So if you've got an idea for a podcast, I'll help you. 
But if you've got a vision for a podcast that excites me as well, I, I, I do, you know, I was delighted then that you decided to come on board. So I think this is going to be really worthwhile um, and it'll be a great addition to, to, the, to the platform. I do actually think that's why one of the reasons we set up that platform it's because things like this could actually come on board and 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 change dynamics, change those conversations, uh, and and I really want to thank you both for that opportunity. So, so thanks so much for that. And lads, it'll be out in the next few weeks. It's going to be coming out over six weeks, and um, and we're going to park it then and see what where we go. And we we'll we'll be back with season two if because because they can see they they've got the bug now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're losing the run of ourselves, Tony, you know, already. I will ask listeners, um, when you're hearing this, make sure you subscribe, you rate, you review. That's how these podcasts get noticed because they re- the algorithm rewards new. So if we go and you get a few people to hit that five-star thing, it jumps up the charts and puts it into people's feeds where they might not see it because that's one of the things we talked about, the corporatization and the capture of... Mm. of uh, of these things we, the only way we do that is if you spread the word so uh, yeah thanks for that and, and best of luck with it ladies I really appreciate it oh, thanks so much Tony thank you Tony it's been fantastic thank you Not at all. talk to you soon folks take care bye bye